On the Record with White House correspondent April Ryan. Senator Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's running mate for the Democratic presidential ticket, gave me the honor of allowing me to sit down with her for about 20 minutes to interview her about the current state of this country and their attempt to win the Oval Office on November 3rd. Take a listen. First, I want to talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She will lie in state this week. It's a major loss to this nation. But in the midst of all of this, the president is ready to nominate her replacement. What say you about that? And then why would what is the what is the Democratic Party trying to do to thwart this before the election process? Well, first of all, you know, um, I I walked over to the Supreme Court early in the morning, the morning after she passed. Mm. Um, with my husband, Doug, to just be there and honor that incredible life. Um, the, you know, there was an inverse relationship between her, her physical height and her stature mm-hmm. internationally, right? Mm-hmm. What a phenomenal woman. What a phenomenal life. You know, some people were saying, oh, she received acclaim late in life. No, her entire life, her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, from, you know, her teens on was a life well li- lived as a path maker, as a barrier breaker, as an inspiration. So, you know, first I just give honor to, to her life, her legacy and her memory. And, mm-hmm. and, and April, to your point, I think that that is part of what is tragic about how she is being discussed because yes. it's it's 43 days before an election and you know she hasn't there's not even been a funeral you know there's not even been a funeral and it so wasn't even three first, hours after her death before yeah. they started talking and so i say let's let's for, let's start by dignifying and commemorating the life went to uh the supreme court to pay homage to this great woman uh, who the Supreme Court justice, who's not only been there for women, but for people for rights. She was about rights. So you were there, you paid your homage and let let me let you go because this is going to go now. And so I serve on the, I also, so I say, I am having this conversation with you wearing a number of hats, being a woman (laughs) who is also a lawyer. and as a lawyer, it, and I was elected to um, two offices where I was the first woman mm-hmm. and the first black person. Um, and so I, you know, recognizing the barriers that she broke professionally, I pay mm-hmm. to her. I understand that she is among the shoulders that I stand on. I speak as a member of the United States Senate, which has the responsibility to advise and consent on nominations. Mm-hmm. And I speak as a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. So I have been in these hearings before, um, the, well, one, which was the Kavanaugh hearing. And I speak as a vice presidential, um, as a vice presidential nominee on the Democratic ticket. So here's what I say, April. Um, Joe Biden I, I, I said it and as plain speak as it possibly should be said, which is, the American people will elect the president of the United States in 43 days. And whoever is elected should be making a decision about who sits on the United States Supreme Court. Period. Period. That's how it should be. And the president was set with Mitch McConnell, with Merrick Garland, when President Obama tried to uh, nominate him. He could not get a vote. 
because they said, oh no, it's it was 11 months. And these, this, what is it, 43 days? 43 days, and not only is it 43 days if we're counting, the, if we're looking at the numbers, mm -hmm. but people are voting right now. People have been voting. Early voting. So the election has actually already started. Like, let's right. be clear about the official election days in 43 days. But election day, because of early voting, it already started. Election day is every day up through these 43 days. Yeah. So Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, who is the head of this Democratic presidential ticket that you're on, he is, he's trying to make history yet again. He has said that he wanted to nominate a black woman. Mm -hmm. Is that still the case? And I see your smile. Is that still the case once he becomes president of the United States on January 20th, if that does happen, which you guys hope? Um, listen, uh, Joe is going to keep his word. And let's just talk about the audacity that Joe had to put a black woman on the ticket with him. Um, right. And so yeah. and that's one of the things that I love about Joe. He um, in many ways has an ability to to move forward a discussion uh, by making things happen just because he knows it's the right thing, even if it may not be timely or everybody mm. not be ready. Um, it, people quickly adjust when Joe Biden does the kinds of things that he does. So you talked about the audacity to put you, a woman of color who identifies as a black woman at Howard University. Um, you talk about the audacity to put a black woman on the ticket. But let's talk about at this time, let's talk about this time of racial reckoning when we, mm -hmm. when you said it may not be palatable for some. What is the state of black America in your opinion, um, especially as this president is taught, trying to <laughs> revise history with this 1776 project. And now we've got a racial reckoning. We've got uh, blacks dying, contracting, not getting tested with COVID issues. We still are community in 2020 with the highest numbers of negatives in almost every category. What is the state of black America to you as you sit in this unique perch? I mean, look, I, and I'm glad you, you, you phrased the question this way. Um, black America, in many ways, is suffering. And it is, you know, the, it, the COVID, for example, this pandemic, really has been an accelerator on so many levels, um, meaning people who were doing badly before are doing even worse, right? So you take the example of COVID. We already knew black folks were like 20% likely to, more likely to have asthma. You know, black women three times more likely to have lupus and three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth um, than white women. Um, you look at the rates of diabetes, high blood pressure, already disproportionately so much higher, these pre-existing conditions. And COVID being basically a, a predator on people who have pre-existing conditions um, has then accelerated um, the, 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 the harm, the disproportionate harm to the, to the black community. It, April, you probably know, black folks are three times more likely to contract COVID and twice as likely to die from it. And so when we look at something like that, though, I have to tell you, let's look at what is at stake in this election. Whereas President Barack Obama, together with Vice President Joe Biden, mm -hmm. Accomplished one of the most significant public health policies in modern history, which is to reform our nation's health care system with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, right? And what did it do? It brought health care to over 20 million people who didn't have it. It said, 
pre-existing conditions cannot be a barrier to getting coverage. It said people up till the age of 26 can be on their parents' coverage. Donald Trump is in court right now with his boy Bill Barr trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act in the midst of a public health pandemic. As people are dying, yes. People are dying. I think we're going to hit today 200,000 people who just in the last several months have died. And there's well, a spike in cases. Yeah, almost 7 million people, mm -hmm. April, have contracted this disease, uh, this virus. And, and, and let's be clear about something. When we talk about Donald Trump trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act on the issue of pre-existing conditions, we now have almost 7 million people who are going to have the pre-existing condition of COVID, who if Donald Trump wins, his lawsuit could be barred from having coverage. This is real, this is real stuff. And you know, so when I look at the election coming up, this is not just about, you know, ideology. It really, there are gonna be real significant, very tangible differences in terms of the life and well-being of the American people based on who gets elected in November. So, and what you're saying is real. Um, it's not, COVID is not just for today, you get over it in a month. This has lingering effects and it changes your health in many instances. This I get is what it. we're hearing. I mean, you know, doctors are talking about things like lung scarring um, and, and also just talking about the fact that we actually just don't know enough yet to know what the long-term effects Right. of having contracted and, 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 and living, um, what it will mean. So as COVID is a destroyer, you and uh, Joe Biden are talking about making masks mandatory, but at issue, you cannot make it a law. But what you can do is pull monies from locales if they are not mandating that people are wearing masks in their government offices. Is that the case? Because there is this political thing. If you're wearing a mask, you're a Democrat. If you're not wearing a mask, you're, you're a Republican. And it's about health. It's not about party. It's about people and health. So first of all, let's just be clear that Donald Trump, <laughs> now we know thanks to Bob Woodward, Woodward Donald Trump was briefed in January and said, and we've heard his voice, we didn't even have to rely on Bob Woodward to tell us what he said. Mm -hmm. He knew this thing travels through the air and is deadly. And yet he tried to suggest to the American people that it was a hoax and to suggest to the American people, if you're with us, you don't wear a mask. If you're with them, you wear a mask. How ridiculous and harmful for the president of the United States whose first responsibility should be the safety and well-being of the American people mm -hmm. to push this nonsense to suggest that wearing a mask is a political statement when it in fact is a life-saving measure. So what we're saying is simply this, it is about saving lives it is also about, you know, what, what I think we all believe should be a standard for us all, which is love thy neighbor. If you love your neighbor, wear the mask, oh. right? And, and so it's about our civic, it do, it's, our, it's our social contract. It's our, it's our duty to each other. And here's the thing, nobody likes wearing a mask. But it's I your right like to Anybody who too. likes wearing a mask. Nobody likes it, wearing a mask. But, but isn't it, it's a sacrifice. 
But isn't it, isn't it your right to life, though? I have a right to be able to live and not worry about someone's aerosol being a weapon used against me or what have you, just walking out and someone, you know, speaking, and I could die from that. That's right. And that's the point. It's about our collective responsibility. There are, this is why we have the laws that we have, including, you know, seatbelt wearing, including, you know, there are things that we do to save ourselves, to, yeah. to, to protect our children, to protect our neighbor, because this is part of living in what we call a civil society. And, right. and, and the unfortunate thing is that we, we, in the midst of a pandemic, have a Donald Trump as president who instead of speaking to our better angels, instead of, as we did, be it World War II or the Great Depression and said we have to make sacrifices for the sake of the whole, mm -hmm. we have someone who at his core is selfish mm -hmm. and encourages selfish behaviors. Mm. True. And now your people are saying, I'm thankful for this. Your people are saying that I have five minutes and I'm so grateful okay. that I've got you. But I want to throw some things at you. Okay. Um, the presidential debate is coming um, very soon. Are you in debate prep with, with Joe Biden right now? And what are you seeing if you are? We are in separate debate preps because he's, he's going to debate Donald Trump and I'm going to debate Mike Pence. Have you given him any tips? Because you got a street game and Donald Trump is street. He's gutter. He plays gutter politics. Have you given him some tips? Because you look, no, been you know, let, me, let me just say something about Joe Biden. And I've known him a long time. And so has America. Joe mm -hmm. Biden is a fighter. Okay. Joe Biden is a fighter. And, and the thing I love about Joe Biden is that when he's fighting, it's not for the purpose of beating people down. It's for the purpose of lifting people up. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden knows how to fight for the people. And that's okay. what he's going to do in that debate. All right. Um, let me ask you this. Are you concerned that the numbers are narrowing right now when it comes to this campaign versus the Trump campaign, even in the midst of the worst <laughs> racial reckoning, COVID, the economy's trying to stave off a depression. Are you concerned that the numbers are narrowing versus being double digit gaps like they were? Well, no, but that, no, because it's, it's, it's part of the nature of the process. The numbers always narrow the closer you get to an election. Okay. Um, but, but here's the thing as Americans are watching now, um, you know, more, more closely because we are getting to the cl close to decision day. And again, for many states, they're deciding right now. Right. I think that the, the choices are very clear in terms of, of, of the options. The American people have the option of going with a president who's trying to get rid of health care for millions and tens of millions of people or going with electing a president who's going to expand the Affordable Care Act. The mm -hmm. American people have the choice of going with a president who has spent full time trying to, to, to spew hate and division among us and turn Americans against each other, mm -hmm. or a Joe Biden who has as his key mission to unify the country and bring us back together around mm -hmm. our commonalities and our dreams and our collective goals and hopes for ourselves and our families and our future. Um, and I could go on and on down the list. You have on the one hand a president who, the current president who denies science. Meanwhile, the, the Western United States is burning. Um, Gulf Coast states are, are, are seeing storms like never before and being battered by those storms. And, and you have, you know, a Joe Biden who says, let's embrace science. Let's create public policy based on fact. And let's also understand that this is also going to be a great job creator. 
right, when we address the climate crisis. So the, the, the options are clear, and I, and I have faith in the American people to see through the smoke and mirrors mm -hmm. and, um, and, the, the, and the untruths um, to make the decisions that are in the best interest of themselves and their families. So last question. Sally Yates is calling for an expansion of, uh, of the numbers of justices on the Supreme Court. And if Joe Biden gets a chance to make the nomination for the Supreme Court, who do you recommend for that spot to fill the spot left vacant by Ruth Bader Ginsburg? April, I am focused on the next 43 days. <laughs> but you have the, you have this ear. You are number two. I, I am focused on making sure everyone votes, votes early. I encourage everyone to go to IWillVote.com. Please vote early. Early voting is just, it's just the way to go. It's just the new, it's the new thing. <laughs> Vote early. It's the way to go versus wearing a hazmat suit at the polls, right? And there is that. Yeah, right, right. Well, I want to show you something. Have you seen the shirt? It's the next bit. Oh, I have not. Look at yes, that. Yes, David Franklin told me to let you see this. And I, I said, oh. I can't wear it. I can't endorse. But it, a lot of people feel very good that history is here. And I'm going to say this, for 23 years I've been at the White House, and I've seen history. I've seen the first black president of the United States of America, and I called him Mr. President. But if you come there in January, and I get to raise, I please answer my question if I raise my hand, I get to say Madam Vice President. Do you know that sends chills through me? And you look like me. Does that give you chills? I feel a great sense of responsibility. And, um, you know, when I look at your daughters, I feel that sense of, that sense of responsibility very deeply. Um, and, you know, like my mother said, you may be the first to do many things. Make sure you're not the last. So that's how I think of this moment. So let's just get this thing done. 43 days. Let's get it done. And we take what mamas say like gold. Yes, I appreciate do. you. You run in your Converse you. and you run in your Timberlands <laughs> and you run in H.U. I'm Morgan. You know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm a Morgan bear. Bears eat bison. Now, take oh, that. Oh, the other H.U. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be well. And, and I, I pray all goes well. And um, I can't endorse. But what I say is if I get to say Madam Vice President, that's going to send chills through me. That's all I'm going to say. Peace be unto you. It's good to be with you. Peace be unto you, too. Now, take oh, that. Oh, the anyway. other H-U. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be well, and, and I, I pray all goes well, and um, I can't endorse, but what I say is if I get to say Madam Vice President, that's going to send chills through me. That's all I'm going to say. Peace be unto you. It's good to be with you. Peace be unto you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, Vice presidential running mate with Joe Biden. This has been COVID Conversations. I am so pleased today. I can, I, I don't know. I'm just feeling good. <laughs> I oh told my God. Third time's the time. Listen, this Instagram live is so humbling. Um, the first, I think, few times I did it, it was just, it ended up being just a very long monologue with all the friends. <laughs> oh my God. I figure it out. Well, let me say this to you. First of all, thank you. This has been a long time in coming. Yes. I'm and I'm glad, glad we got it. it. And I want to say something. Um, I've been watching you, and I think about Michelle Obama. Now, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama, forever first lady for many. Yeah. Um, 
brought the game of the arms, okay? Right. We all had to work on our arms. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> yes, but now you bring in the shoe game with the Timberlands and the Converse. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> so I'm like, that's straight up HBCU, Howard, Morgan State, all that. It moment. really is. You know, it's so funny too, April. I did, um, I, I, you know where I am? I'm on Howard's campus. Right now? Yes. So that's where my, that's where my DC. Okay, go back to oh. Okay. <laughs> You got so, your two girls. Yes, uh -huh. and because of COVID, we are home. Mm -hmm. We are home. I'm not at the White House, and they're at school. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about COVID in a minute, but first I yeah. want to talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She will lie and say yeah. this week. Yeah. It's a major loss to this nation, but in the midst of all of this, the president is ready to nominate her replacement. What say you about that? And then why... What, what, is the, what is the Democratic Party trying to do to thwart this before the election process? Well, first of all, you know, um, I, I walked over to the Supreme Court early in the morning, the morning after she already disproportionately so much higher, these pre-existing conditions. And COVID being basically a, a predator on people who have pre-existing conditions um, has then accelerated um, the, 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 the harm, the disproportionate harm to the, to the black community. It, April, you probably know, black folks are three times more likely to contract COVID and twice as likely to die from it. And so when we look at something like that, though, I have to tell you, let's look at what is at stake in this election. Whereas President Barack Obama, together with Vice President Joe Biden, mm -hmm. Accomplished one of the most significant public health policies in modern history, which is to reform our nation's health care system with the Affordable Care Act, also known okay. as Obamacare, right? Mm -hmm. And what did it do? It brought health care to over 20 million people who didn't have it. It mm -hmm. said pre-existing conditions cannot be a barrier to getting coverage. It said people up to the age of 26 can be on their parents' coverage. Donald Trump is in court right now with his boy Bill Barr trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act in the midst of a public health pandemic. As people are dying, yes. People are dying. I think we're going to hit today 200,000 people who just in the last several months have died. And there's it's a spike in cases. Yeah, almost 7 million people, mm -hmm. April, have contracted this disease, uh, this virus. And, and, and let's be clear about something. When we talk about Donald Trump trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, on the issue of pre-existing conditions. We now have almost 7 million people who are going to have the pre-existing condition of COVID, who if Donald Trump wins, his lawsuit could be barred from having coverage. This is real, this is real stuff. And you know, so when I look at the election coming up, this is not just about, you know, ideology. It really, there are going to be real significant, very tangible differences in terms of the life and well-being of the American people based on who gets elected in November. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.